catching up with friends here at Magic Live. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is a fresh-faced presenter from England who I ran into here at Magic Live. Harry Nardi is my guest. Nicola Capo joins me to discuss the feature product of the week from Nicholas Lawrence. Before all of that, we start things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians think about what it would be like to be stranded on a desert island with a very limited amount of reading material. This week, Blaze Sarah joins me for Desert Island Magic Books. Blaze, Sarah, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Desert Island Magic Books. Let's suppose you wash up on a desert island with one magic book, and it's made of Tyvek, so it's not going to fall apart in the wind and the rain and the sand. Perfect. What is your desert island magic book? <sighs> There's so many. Oh. Oh. There's so many. I, I think that uh, one thing that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. is that... I don't believe that I've read a single magic book in its entirety. I skip around <laughs> to a lot of different books, yeah. and I pull references from things. I think, actually, the, f- the only book that in magic that I've read in its entirety, cover to cover, is Five Points in Magic by Juan Tamariz. So, yeah. Well, highly recommend that, that, that book. That book is also like eight pages. It's also eight pages, so <laughs> it's really impressive. Yeah, no, and it's not that I don't enjoy reading. It's just that like I usually will start with you know an idea for an effect, yeah. and then try and find a bunch of references using like Conjuring Archive or Ask yeah. Alexander. I'll do research into references throughout history that pertain to the idea I'm trying to make, and then I'll yeah. find that chapter of that book that I find on Conjuring Archive. I think that's actually a really common way that people approach magic mm-hmm. books these days, which is. A a totally valid way to engage with them yeah. uh, like not reading it cover to cover especially because a lot of magic books are not like on a particularly long topic or they're like if it's the work of someone you're like skipping through their material exactly and so yeah. it's like this will be a coin trick and a card trick and then a mentalism thing and so it's all like kind of disconnected so skipping around is like i think is, is sometimes a better way to engage with a book oh but absolutely you sounded like you were going somewhere that there was something that you come back to over and over again yeah, I, I oh as a as a book as a reference that I keep going back to yeah. over and over. I think that five points is something that I, I continually try to refresh. Mnemonica, I pull yeah. a lot of things from Mnemonica. I'm very interested in stack work, so a lot of Juan Tamariz's work um, is definitely something that I would continually go back to. Mm. I mean, Drawing Room Deceptions, Guy yeah. Hollingworth, uh, By Forces Unseen. I yeah. feel like those are kind of my top ones, you know, that I keep going back to. Five Points of Magic is also really interesting because I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, there's not a single trick in that book. There's, like, methods, but it's all about motion and movement and how you... Exactly. The way your body moves. It's a great book if you ever see it. Um, There's, like, it's almost like a picture of, like, it's, uh, I want to say uh, Tamariz's Vitruvian Man on the front. Yes, that's exactly that's the cover. Yeah, it's his Vitruvian Man that's on the on the cover, and that yeah. kind of lays out in a in a visual representation what you're going to embark on throughout this this book is like going through the different parts of the body and how yeah. you're able to. Uh, impact the attention of your audience you know and uh and i remember i think one of the best compliments that i got was like recently i did a performance on on stage and someone came up to me that was a magician afterwards and was like oh i could so tell that you were like using the threads concept the idea of like the threads coming from your eyes to the spectator's eyes and how to utilize that concept to engage and get the eye contact of a large audience and have them all feel as though that they are you know present with you and looking you in the eyes yeah so so, yeah, that's definitely a very uh, helpful book. It's uh, it's an amazing book that I think that you get to a certain point as a magician where, like, you have to read this book. And even if you're not going to use a lot of the concepts in it, it at least gets you thinking about your body and the way it moves in the context of your magic that is crazy important. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, if you're doing a, a slight 
are you thinking about what what are my feet doing? What is the position yeah. of my stance? How does my balance and my body language impact the uh, the audience? I remember um, a previous mentor of mine who's, who's since passed away who uh, used to run the Magic Castle Junior Program, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bob Dorian. Yeah. He was talking with me about this, this concept of subliminal unrest. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you... If you, during your setup, during your presentation, give a premise that, and then you don't exactly pay off that premise, like you kind of create a false narrative in their mind of what they're expecting and Mm -hmm. what they've expected now is uh, maybe more grandiose than what you actually do, then you create this kind of subliminal unrest in the audience. Or even if just they can sense something is off, you know, and that is is something that is much more like detail oriented that just from your body language, your stance, how you carry yourself, you can really impact the audience's, uh, I guess, emotions towards the performance, you know? Well, The Five Points of Magic is a fantastic book to take uh, yeah. for choose for your Desert Island Magic book. Blaze Sarah, thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks so much for having Magic me. Books. Thanks to Blaze for joining me on the show. Keep an ear out for a podcast I did with him where we dive deep on his actionable advice on creating incredible magic. Now, on to the main event. Harry Nardi is something of a legacy in magic. His father, Peter, is known for Alakazam as well as a string of hit products. Harry has begun to carve out a name for himself with wonderful effects like Pocket Daydream, but he's also begun to present and teach many of the effects coming out of Alakazam. This represented a rare opportunity for me to connect with another presenter and discuss what it's like on our side of the lens, and now you get to join our conversation. Harry Nardi, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. It's been really great to meet you and get to know you here at Magic Live. Yes. And uh, I just, I, I wanted to sort of start this off with, so first of all, your, your Trick Pocket Daydream is really mm. cool. We've, Thank you very much. We've enjoyed your releases that you get, you've been putting out. Thank you. Yeah, they're, they're good fun. You know, I try to, for me, I, I like methods, uh, but I try to keep it as simple as possible um, mm. because I know it's fun when you can just really focus on presentation. So yeah, that's sort of why I go down. So I don't normally ask this question on the podcast because mm-hmm. I, I don't like it, but you're one of the unique cases. Uh, when did you get interested in magic? Like, and, and when I say when did you get interested, I mean like in a serious way where yeah. you're, you're treating it like a craft now because it's one thing to like get interested in it as a kid, but yeah. like you know, as when you're a passionate hobby or something like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, I'd done my first magic trick. I know this wasn't a question, but it helps. Yeah, yeah. I'd done my first magic trick quite late, actually. I was about... 17 or 16 yeah. um, so I'm 22 now yeah. um, so 17, 16 um, at school and I've done it because obviously when your dad's a magician or when your family's a magician people yeah. say show me a trick if you can't show a trick it's not it's not great yeah. you know? um, so yeah so I've done my first trick when I was 17 and I don't think it was until probably 19 that I really got into it so I worked at Alakazam mm-hmm. when I was 17 yeah. uh, onwards but I'd say 19 I really got stuck in you know yeah. because I really sort of I enjoy working at a shop Mm -hmm. as well, you know, so you've got a good balance of doing gigs and working at a shop and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, So yeah, I would say 19, I've really got into it, started doing more gigs. um, And that was around the time of BGT as well. So you sort of went straight in for it, you know, so it was good. Because I asked that question because your your, your father is Peter Mm -hmm. Nardi, who is a very well-known magician Mm -hmm. with lots of his own products. And, and, you know, I mean, Alakazam is a a very well-regarded name in magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious as to like so, so I'm wondering why did it take you so long to get to magic when you come from a family of magicians? I don't know. I think it's I think it's one of them things. You know, I've I'm, I love sports, so I've grown mm-hmm. up doing sports. My parents don't like sports. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not against it, obviously, but they're just not fascinated by yeah. it. So I think it, I don't know. It's just one of them things where when you've grown up with something, you really. It's it wasn't, like, okay, it wasn't like special to you, as like a, a exactly. Kid. Yeah. yeah, it's only it's just, just now. It's really. Dad's job. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've grown up with, and again, I'm very lucky to have done it, but I've yeah. grown up and um, Michael Vincent will be around, Etienne will be around, you know, like <laughs> people like that, you know, and it's very lucky yeah. that I'm in that situation. But for me, it was just sort of second nature, you know, yeah. and I haven't taken that for granted, but when you're younger, obviously you, do, you, 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 you don't know. You it's don't know. It's impossible when yeah. you're younger to you realise like what a giant yeah. Michael Vincent is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was just one of the things where you've grown up with it. It just is natural, you know, around the table. I joke about when we sit down for the table, there used to be chair test going on when you sit down for dinner, you know, things like that. I mean, it wasn't that crazy, um, but it was sort of whenever we went out for dinner, you know, there'd be tricks going on and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it took a bit of time until I got older and sort of understood more about making a living. It's not about money, don't get me wrong, but yeah. you have to think about what you want to do when you're older. Yeah. Um, and so, again, it sounds a bit cheesy and stuff, but yeah. I've grown up, I had a great childhood. Yeah. My family all get along together. We've had a great time. We can do loads of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I think I just thought, well, if that's come from magic, mm-hmm. I think that's something I want to go into, you know, and making people happy. It's mental. Yeah. It's crazy. I, it's, I mean, like, so I mean, we talked a little bit about pocket daydream, but it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, like pocket daydream is like a really powerful effect. And just like, mm-hmm. and that the effect that something like that can have on people yeah. is it, it's it, intoxicating yeah. to be able to give that to somebody else. Yeah. And it happens every time, you know, if I perform a gig, I, every single time I get blown away by people going, wow, what do you do this for a living? And it makes you think, yeah, I do. You yeah. know, I literally go around, perform some yeah. tricks. You guys are having a great time. You're dragging your friends over there, having a great time. Mm-hmm. And then I just leave again and I do it again. Yeah. You know, it's really, it's crazy. <laughs> like when you put it like that, it's phenomenal, you know, but yeah. yeah, I love it. And you're right, you know, for something so simple. Yeah. We don't really have jobs. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> it's I mean, like, crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, it is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, with Pocket Daydream, super simple as well. Um, but yeah, like you said, it has a great effect yeah. on people. And for something... So simple that someone can pick up straight away. Mm-hmm. It's nice. You know, I'm finding as I get more acquainted with other magicians, it seems like more and more there's a new generation of magicians whose whose parents are mm. really well regarded magicians. Mm-hmm. You know, I just this morning uh, podcasted with Preston Nyman, yes. uh, whose dad is Andy Nyman, so that's mm-hmm. a giant shadow to be in. Yeah, you know, uh, your father is is really really well known so I mean, so you're actually here working the stand this weekend yes, for Alakazam yeah, yeah. what is that like where people have come to the Alakazam stand and met your father and now he's not here but you are is mm. that I guess what is that like um, I think it's got I think it's when you show your face more obviously it gets better um, and so the the first couple of black pools I'd done um, it was it was okay, you know, I was doing some stuff, but you're yeah. still, you can see out the corner of their eye, they're looking if dad's about and things like that, you, see, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's not hard, um, and the thing is, it will be like that for yeah. ages, you know, it's just one of them things, um, and at the start, I think it, it didn't knock my confidence, but mm-hmm. it took me a bit of time to think. So it was like, it was a little like, oh, okay, like, I know you're looking for your my dad, yeah, but like, so, I'm demoing the trick for you right now. Like, sort of thing, yeah, In again, it yeah. sounds really bad, but it's it's one of them things, yeah. you know. Um, and so when you get seen more, like doing on videos and things mm-hmm. like that, um, and so I done Stand Up Monty the other day, and mm-hmm. even now, you know, I do some videos, but again, when you're doing videos on social media, stuff mm-hmm. you've got either in stock or that you yeah. you'll just want to show, right? Yeah. Um, so I done Stand Up Monty the other day, and it was only a few um, like months ago I'd done it, and mm-hmm. someone said to Dad, who's a regular customer, someone was like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know Harry done Slide of Hand. <laughs> and I was like, 
Really? I was like, first of all, stand up Monty, like, there's not loads of slights in it anyway. But I was like, it just took me back. So I think even now, you know, people are still yeah. starting to get used to it and things like that. But I mean, no, I love running the stand. I yeah. think it, it's such good fun because you put faces to names. Yeah. Um, you meet so many nice people. And Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by In the Clear from Nicholas Lawrence. Nick Lacapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this mystery box that lives in your pocket. Nick, I know I say this every time, but it feels like every other week we're talking about our buddy Nicholas Lawrence. And this time we're talking about a switching device that hangs out just in plain sight. This is In the Clear by Nicholas Lawrence. I always forget about half the stuff that, you know, Nicholas has come out with. It's like, you know, people a little behind the scenes, people don't know, but like Eric will be like, hey, we got to film, we got to record these uh, commercials today and he'll send me a little list of all these different tricks. And I read the list and I'm like, wow, in the clear, I haven't, man, this trick is super visual and super yeah. good. Um, if you, if you've never seen it, you basically, it, you know, those like mystery boxes. Yeah. Like the Kennedy box or, or any of that stuff. This is kind of in that realm, except it's trying to take advantage of some more organic, normal things that you would have on you. Right. Um, so you're not carrying around a little wooden box or a little, you know, clear box. Instead, you slide the cellophane off of your card box like halfway so that it's kind of like sticking off the bottom of your card box, just, just about an inch or and a half or so. Um, and you can put a card in there or you can or, or well, this here's the thing. This is like a, a utility device. So let's just start with like one example. You could put a card in there. Yeah. Right. And you'd say this is a card of mystery. Right. And then you have somebody sign a card and comes to the top of the deck and it does a bunch of stuff. Then it disappears. And then you you dump the card out of your cellophane. You take it off the box, dump it out, and the folded card in the cellophane is their signed card. Um, that's you know, so it's a switching device. So you could also make things appear mm-hmm. on the inside of it, or you could do a color change or, or whatever. It's one of those you kind of have to watch the demo to see how visual this actually is. I think the cool thing is that the cellophane is also fully examinable. Like even after this thing is installed in your card box, you can just remove it super fast and your card box is 100% examinable. It's not even like messed up at all. So it's, it's I mean, like you're, it's just one of the, it's, it's just a, a testament to like yeah. the ingenuity and like cardboard cellophane engineering skills of Nicholas Lawrence. And it's, I mean, it's zero skill to operate. If you can hold the deck of cards, yeah. you can do it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, this the funny stuff is too, is this is a method that you, you won't know yeah. Like when you get it, you're like, I have, even then you'll still be like, I still have no idea how this works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. Um, the, the cellophane is completely examinable. The, 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 there's just a small gimmick that you add to the box, mm-hmm. but even that, you know, it's, the, there's no heat on the box at all after the end of this. Um, it's just, it's just a watch the demo. Head to Penguin, watch the demo on this. This, this one, this one we need to bring back out. Did you film a reel or anything with this recently? I, I think I thought I saw this on a list somewhere. Uh, you know, I, maybe I'll have to film a reel for this and we'll throw it on Instagram so that people can do it because this is awesome. Yeah, you'll fool everybody with this. All right, In the Clear by Nicholas Lawrence. You should check it out. That was In the Clear by Nicholas Lawrence, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to our show receive 25% off the feature product of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is TRANSPARENT. That's TRANSPARENT. T-R-A-N-S-P-A-R-E-N-T. That code is only good for In the Clear and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Harry Nardi. I love running a stand. I yeah. think it's such good fun because you put faces to names. Yeah. Um, you meet so many nice people. And because... 
like yourself, you're yeah. on the videos. People know you already. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I mean, again, it's like because you you're, you come to something like this mm. where it's like where's lots of magicians, and yes. this might be the only convention they come to. Yeah. And and it's it's a strange experience when someone walks up to you and they're like, "Hey, I just really appreciated your teaching yeah. on this," mm. and you're just like, "Oh, you these people are learning magic from me," and it's it's a it's really gratifying. A hundred percent. Isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a thrill every time someone comes yeah. up and talks to me about like details from a video that I taught them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, again, it, it's sort of, it's hard. You can't really put it in words, can you? Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's so nice and it's nice when people come up and you can see the progress, you know, because yeah. you do get regulars that go to convention after convention after mm-hmm. convention and you see their confidence either building or you see them yeah. go down different avenues like mentalism or card stuff or this. Yeah. And even if you've had the slightest impact on that, mm-hmm. it's amazing, you know, because they go home. You don't understand the ripple effect that has. Yeah. You know, for I filmed a, a different handed in four stand up monster with a different setup and things. Yeah. And again, from that, people said, Oh, I bought that, but I could never do it. And then mm-hmm. now they've done it. Now they like gambling stuff. And then yeah. they said, I've done it to my wife and she loves it and you think just from that one little thing you've made that person happy now that person's enjoyed it and they've done it to that person you know it's it's great i love it it's uh it's and i don't know it's i i hope the listeners find this interesting but i think that there's this like when you work in the sort of quote-unquote magic industry Mm. you know you see some negative reviews or something like that and you really do like take it to heart i mean like Mm. i read every review of every trick yep. that I teach mm-hmm. and I all I want to do is get better 100%. at teaching stuff yep. and it's you know you, you take the good with the bad because the because the bad yeah. re, the bad reviews just teach me that I need to do something better no, of course yeah 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 you don't learn from if you get it if you get it right every time you don't learn anything yeah so it's good to and again it might not be that you got something wrong but it might just be you just need to do it slightly differently yeah. you know but yeah I mean I again I don't look to get it wrong yeah. but if I do get it wrong or if I do do something badly then you're going to learn from it you yeah. know you're not going to you're not going to be 100% yeah. 100% at a time but yeah I agree reading I, I read reviews as well because it's yeah. interesting and yeah. again if I'm doing something wrong I want to know about it yeah. especially when it comes to teaching because they've bought something yeah. if they're not going to get the full impact out of that I don't want that yeah. I want them to get it and love it and perform yeah. it all the time yeah because like you and I know that when we go out and we perform these tricks like mm. you and I may have had it for like two weeks yes and because and we also know that we're gonna have to learn a different trick after that yeah yep. and we and there's a it's trying to figure out what it is that that someone who buys this is going to be able to take it and really have mm. fun with it yeah 100 percent. and that's the thing you know especially when we're doing it for videos you know because yeah. someone can come in and said i saw you learn that and this is gonna sound really bad mm-hmm. uh, but i saw you dem that the other day on a video can you do that for me now mm-hmm. and that was maybe three months ago and yeah. i'm thinking I've probably done about 60 since then and I learned it for a video mm-hmm. you know I, like I said I will learn tricks and do them yeah. out in public but you know when you're a worker yeah. you have your sets and you normally yeah. do that you throw in some every yeah. now and then um, but yeah I still am getting used to it that's why it's good when I'm on videos with dad or people like Jamie Dawes who's a great yeah. magician yeah. Um, who really know how to be like John Carey is a great teacher yeah. he's phenomenal yeah. he breaks it down super simple mm-hmm. and I'm still getting used to that you know not glossing over things that for me yeah not for me that are easy, but for me, I don't even think about the fact that they have to rotate the cards because that's just muscle memory. You I, know, it's- I read a review of myself in, I think it was MUM Magazine. Uh, we'd had a performer come in and teach uh, a trick and it was, it was really... It was a really interesting effect, but there was some stuff that was missed and we needed to explain stuff. And so uh, I had to teach the classic force and the review of me teaching the classic force was scathing. And I've just like always overtaught ever since right. then where yep. I'm just like oh no yeah it's those little things mm. that 
there's so much that goes into teaching a trick to be able to get it just right so people can do it 100% yeah I mean it's not until you literally sit there and watch yourself do every single thing because especially with a classic force you know there's Mm. so many little things that you have to think about and you just will gloss over yeah just spread blah 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 blah. Um, so yeah I mean learning every time of every product but it's, it's good I enjoy I enjoy the learning and getting better. And then yeah. next time, you're going to see people come up to you. And even if you get one person next time, go, mm-hmm. I loved your teaching of that. Done a great job. You know, that's yeah. going to make me think, get in there. I'm going to do it even better next time, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we're, we're coming close to the end here, but uh, what what is exciting you in magic right now? Like, what are you seeing out there that you're getting excited about? And not even like a particular trick, but if it's like a trend or like you're mm. seeing like type of effects or performers that are exciting you. I'm just curious because... You know, we are both in this position where we are selling magic tricks to the mm. public, but we often see stuff that is like just like on the cutting edge, or we're we're, we're just, we just see stuff in a different light. And I'm curious mm. what you're excited about. Um, I mean, I'm excited for where magic can go because, yeah. I mean, technology now is ridiculous. You know, Lux is when you think it's about a that, fascinating it's, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when you start going down that route, you think, wow, what can't be manipulated really you know if you really like when you think a uv light like now Mm. in reality what can't be done so i'm enjoying that i love um i forgot his name who done um it's it's okay that happens to me all the time the one with the shadows oh tobias dostal yes yes Uh, oh man that That is phenomenal yeah you know when you think how like manipulating a shadow that's impossible you yeah. know, so I'm liking that route of things where it's yeah. like, it's now beyond card tricks. Don't get me wrong, card tricks are wicked. They're always yeah. going to have place. Everyone yeah. loves card tricks. I think the stuff that Tobias is creating though is this, and, and I also say this having uh, talked to him and, and spent quite a bit of time mm-hmm. with him, the experience magic yes. that he's doing yes. is, and I'm seeing other people starting to go down that road too mm. where it's not just trick yeah like it is a it's an experience that is mm. it feels totally organic yeah. and there's a there's a moment that's magic mm-hmm. but the rest of it is just like yeah what happened 100 percent. and again i didn't think i enjoyed storytelling magic that much yeah. but um i loved uh derek delgadio's show yeah. in and of itself and i see that and i just think wow and mm-hmm. when again I, we've done a few stage i've done a few stage shows and stuff mm-hmm. and for me I, I didn't understand the power of storytelling magic until i really done one myself and i mm-hmm. performed do you remember the effect mugged with the ski mask and oh, the watch yeah, yeah yeah so there was three of us on there and we each had so my friend had the money i had the watch and he had the ring yeah done that put a story to it put a bit of rain in the background yeah. the difference it made was incredible Incredible. So yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying storytelling and the technology side of things. I like apps, um, yeah. but I'm liking the manipulation of things that are still physical but technological, like lights, like shadows. If that's yeah, no, I'm I, I feel what you I, I'm picking up what you're putting down because uh, mm. the the manip- technology has gotten to a point where you know uh, companies like ours, like Alakazam mm. and yeah. Penguin. Uh, are very fortunate in that we have a lot of resources to be able to to be able to work towards stuff like Lux and other things yes. that we're putting out where it's like you need these resources around mm-hmm. there. But the only way you get there is that the technology has to be cheap enough that the individual yeah. creator can play around exactly. with it and come up with stuff. Like I'm, uh, I'm good friends with Mario the Maker mm. and the stuff he does with Arduino mm. and Raspberry Pis is mind melting. Yeah. 
but it's only because that technology is so affordable that an individual can play with it and, yeah. and work out all the kinks and then bring it to a larger company to sort of like yeah. figure out how to make it cheap enough that, that mm. people can buy it and not have to spend hundreds of dollars experimenting on That's it. That's the thing, you know, there's probably millions and millions of killer ideas like that, but it yeah. is that, you know, it's being affordable. And it's not just, yeah, like you said, you yeah. know, it has to be affordable. You can't bring science marketers however much money yeah. you know so um, yeah I mean there's tons and tons of good ideas because 20 years ago mm. Lux would have been $500 yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, it just minimum would, it would have been minimum yeah yeah Hundred percent, and that's the thing, you know. That's what's good. As time goes on, the magic is just going to progress. And sometimes yeah. you do think like we have it on phone calls mm-hmm. if we sell an order or something like that, and someone goes, "God, I don't know how people still come up with stuff." And you think, "Yeah, yeah I know what you're saying, but think about how much more stuff they're going to come up with." Yeah. You know, when yeah. when I mean drones are obviously. I know uh, Tom London doesn't do magic anymore, but he yeah. used to do magic with drones. And you yeah. think again when that becomes more affordable, you know, <laughs> the stuff you can do with them, you know, and holograms, yeah. and it's going to be crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's good ideas. Some clever thinkers, and I think magic's appealing to more people. So people yeah. in different industries are getting into it now. So you've mm-hmm. got different things, like uh, people with technology backgrounds, people mm-hmm. with app backgrounds, yeah. you know, development and things like that. So yeah, it's, it's exciting times, I think, for magic. It's good. Oh, man. It's, it's, so that it's... I've, man, I'm so glad to hear you say that. This has been a great conversation. Harry, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, and I look forward to having you back. 100%. Thanks for having me, bro. Thank you. Thanks so much to Harry for being on the show. If you can't tell, my voice is a little wrecked right now from the incredible fun the entire Penguin team has been having here at Magic Live. As I record this, I'm sitting in a hotel room that we've transformed into a podcasting studio where I've hosted incredible magicians like Harry Nardi, Blaze Sarah, Phil Smith, Anna DeGuzman, Tobias Delstall, and so many more. I can't wait to share these interviews with you. Also, a special shout out to everyone who came to my talk on False Shuffles at Magic Live. It was so great to share my work with you and to session with you afterwards. It's always great meeting listeners in person. Next week, I'll be in San Diego at the Prestige Showroom located in the Gas Lamp District. I can't wait to share my magic with you again. Then, after that, it's time to really focus on FISM. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you've been keeping up with the news from Magic Live on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you're going to have to learn to spell wake... Uh, you're going to have to learn to spell to wake the dead because I am dog-tired. Listen to me, I can barely get through the outro. But if necromancy isn't your band a gig, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. Practice, practice, perform.